Thanks for tuning in to the Glenridge Church message. Our mission is to love God, love people, and live to change the world. If we can help you in any way at all, feel free to reach out to us on hello at glenridge.org.za. I was thinking this morning, uh, or this week, I was chatting to some guys, and we were, we were just kind of talking about what the season holds for us as, and most of them, all of them were kind of in the business space. And uh, I was just saying to them, it's, it's incredible how, how uh, kind of watches that we have today measure heart rate. And uh, what they do is they, in fact, they want to measure your fitness by the measurement of your heart rate. In fact, discovery gives you points if you get a high heart rate and kind of you get more points if you're doing vigorous exercise. And I started thinking, you know, actually part of, part of the season that we're in, it's training, it's exercise. Um, and the key to fitness is actually starting to get fit. When you, the way that you know you're starting to get fitter is that when you do exercise, your heart rate doesn't go as much up as much as it used to. Or if it does go up, it actually comes back down quickly. And somebody that's very fit can actually recover. They, their recovery, they can, get, they can keep their heart rate down even when they continue to exercise. And uh, friends, I want to encourage us over this time. We've got a, and a heart rate in the kingdom means peace. It's kind of, we want to make sure that no matter how much adversity we're in, how much we're exercising, so, so as to say, we want to keep our heart rates down. We want, to, we want to find peace in the midst of what's going down. And I want to, I want to trust, I want to exhort you this morning to, to watch your heart rate. Where, how, how's your heart rate? How, how's your, your, your spiritual health? How's your spiritual training going? Because actually, I think God is wanting us to find a consistent heart rate. And when we do go up to recover quickly in a season where lots of stuff's happening. So I hope that makes sense to you. But I just, my sense is over this time, as we've been saying over the last while, man, this is about training and about exercising. Let's not miss the opportunity now that God has put before us to train us, equip us, and to get out there and be ministers of light and love and and the good news of the gospel. And which, which kind of leads on to what I want to say this morning, because I want, to, I want to talk about shepherding and harvesting, shepherding and harvesting, and how God has called us to be shepherds and harvesters at this time. Uh, end of last year, we were in a prayer meeting here, and, and we, I think in fact it was the last prayer meeting of 20, 2020, and we were just praying into 2021, and, we, and the kind of prayer meeting went towards harvesting. And, kind of, and I really felt like what God had for us in the next season is, to, is harvest. Um, I think there is a, there's a season of harvest on the church. I think there's always a season of harvest, but I think particularly at this time, it's a time of harvest. And you think, well, how's that coincide with COVID? And Well, friends, I don't know. But when you look with spiritual eyes, actually we're in a season of harvest. And I want to speak this morning out of Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 37 or so, and, and talk about where Jesus talks about this word harvest. This is where I went to after I'd felt that. So I'd love to read that. It's Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through to the end of the chapter, which is verse 38, actually. He says this, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every kind of disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. 
Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his field. And uh, I've, been cont- I've been looking at that and, and reading that and trying to ask God, what, what is that? What is that speaking to us? If we're in a season of harvest, something of that text has got to be instructive to us and help us as we forge forward. I have realized, friends, over this time, the more inward you look, the more self-pity you put in yourself, the more of a victim you make yourself, the worse it becomes. And uh, even at the prayer meeting on Thursday, we were praying into our sonship and, and what we have in Jesus and how beautiful the name is of Jesus. And Kathy was singing this morning about the, the, the beauty of Jesus and the wonder of Jesus. And we've really got to make sure that in these days that we're looking outward more than we're looking inward. We've got to take care of our own hearts. But friends, we've also got to help others take care of theirs. And the more you give out, the more, kind of the more you get refreshed. Is a, is a very big principle in the kingdom of God. But, and this, this text speaks directly into that. So I, I've got five things here that I want to talk about this text in terms of the harvest. And I love the fact that Jesus was in the different towns and villages preaching in their synagogues. So, so that is instructive to who he was talking to. So he was, when he talks about the crowds, the crowds could be more than the Jews, but it is the Jews, he's talking in their synagogues, and, and when he looked at the crowds, which I think many of them were Jews, he had compassion on them because they were helpless and they were harassed like sheep without a shepherd. And at this time, we've got lots of people that are helpless and harassed. And if we look around, we'll see people that are helpless and harassed. And the reason why they're helpless and harassed, the reason, the sign of not having a shepherd is being helpless and harassed. So, so believers of Jesus, followers of Jesus, we have a shepherd. So what we've got to learn is to not be helpless and not be harassed in harassing and difficult times. And this is, this is the process that God has got us in. And so he's preaching to these crowds. He's preaching into the synagogues. He's going from town to village. He's, he's all over the place. He's in towns and villages and cities and markets. And he's also in synagogues. So he's in churches. He's preaching to the crowds. He's preaching all over the place. He's preaching to the Jews and he's preaching to the Gentiles. And and the amazing thing is it says, and he was teaching in their synagogues and then preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. And that's that's a very loaded theological statement, preaching the good news of the kingdom. So the kingdom of God is a story, friends. And so he is preaching the story of God. He is preaching how God has become king and has all authority in Jesus Christ. Something that was lost in the garden has been regained for humanity, humanity's uh, agency, humanity's job, their priestly function, their kingly function has been restored back by Jesus to them. And so this is is a story. This This is more than... Give your heart to Jesus and believe and you'll go to heaven. This is a story. This is, he was preaching about the kingdom. This is the gospel of the kingdom. And it's a, and it's a story that's all-encompassing. It's a story that's comprehensive. It's not sectionalized and put into different compartments for your life. It's all of your life every day, 24-7. That's the kingdom story. So we, we kind of don't, and, and, and remember, it's not just in the four walls of a church building. It's the church activated. That's the kingdom story. It's priests and 
priesthood and kingly, kingly uh, anointing to come and bring, have authority to heal the sick and bring good news and to help people and to be harvesters, as we will see. And one of the questions we've got to ask ourselves in this time when we receive the, 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 the preaching of the kingdom story is which story are you in? We've got to be cognizant of which story are we living in, which, and the big word now is, it's in vogue, is narrative. What's the narrative you're in? Which narrative are you listening to? And remember, media and social media forms narratives. Uh, the friends and the families that we're in form the stories that we're part of, and we're in a story whether you like it or not. But the question is this, as believers, as people that believe in the good news as the, of the kingdom of God, which narrative are we living in? Which narrative are we submitting our lives to? Which story are we giving authority to in our lives? Friends, we are in a story right now where Jesus is still king and he is looking for harvesters because they are sheep that have no shepherd. And so, friends, it's a, it's a beautiful story that we're in. And the first question I want to ask is, which story are you in? Which story are you getting, giving legitimate authority in your life? If, you put, if you're living in a, in a story that is other than Jesus, I want to say to you in these days, you will probably be in an anxious and fearful story. You'll be in a political story. You'll be in a divided story. It's amazing. The stories of this world are polarizing people, polarizing people to various views. And we don't listen to any other story because actually our view is right and they're wrong. And we categorize people and Friends, that's not the story we're living in. We're living in a, in a kingdom story that's an inclusive story, that's a love story, and we'll see now it's a compassionate story. And uh, which story is guiding your love? Which story do you see? Which story have you got faith in? Your, your, the story that we have faith in it will be the story that we evidence in our lives and we evidence to others. Are we evidencing, have we put our faith in the beautiful name of Jesus? Do we believe in the destiny and the purpose of God? over this time, whether we're sick or healthy, whether our businesses have been thriving in this or like most businesses have been taking strain, which story are we living? The second question I want to ask about the story that we're in as we see Jesus preaching the kingdom of God is this, which story are you participating in? And friends, what I want to, what I want to say by that by emphasizing this, this is not just a story you believe. It's a story you live out every day. It's a story you participate in. Are we participating in the kingdom story? You might know it, but actually part of the kingdom story is that God has blessed us so that we can be a blessing. That's the kingdom story. Everything, every blessing from God is so that you can pay it forward. Every single blessing from God. The fact that you've got a job, the fact that you've got health. I've been, I've, been, uh, I've been saying over the last little while, I've been running and I've been swimming and trying to get healthy and trying to, trying to get fit this year. That's one of my things. I want to get fit. And friends, it's hard work. But, but I, tell you, I tell you, I've just lost my train of thought now. What was I talking about, Melindy? I was talking about this kingdom story and are we participating in it? But friends, we, we, we've got to participate. I've forgotten why I said that now. I've completely gone blank. But we are, we are living in a, in a story that we are participating in. And we are, we, are, we are asking God how we can better participate in that. And, and maybe that's what I was trying to say is we've got to get fit for the story that we live. You've got to, we've got to find, we've got to do exercise to live in that story. And we've got to take others to be, um, take other people into the story. Oh, yes, I've just remembered what I was saying, how we, how we bless to be a blessing. And... 
Every time I go for a run or a swim, now maybe it's just because I'm over 50, I thank God for my health. I thank God for my health. I really, really do. And actually, I've got to make sure that, that every single blessing that I have, I know, comes from the Father who is consistent, a Father that is generous. And I've got to make sure that actually I use my health to benefit others. I've got to I use everything that I have. I use, I use everything that God's given to me, my job, my family, everything that I see as a blessing is, is given to me so that I can continue to be a blessing. This is the kingdom story. Which story do you believe you're in? And which story are you actually participating in? Which story are we participating in? And the kingdom story is a community story. We together make a difference and impact the world. The second thing I see about this text of Jesus preaching to the crowds and, and into the synagogues and seeing the sheep and the crowds without, a, uh, without uh, being harassed and helpless and seeing them as not having a shepherd. Remember, a shepherd in those days was a ruler, a leader, a king. They, they kind of were helpless. They had no direction. They had no guidance. They had no security. There was no sense of, and in fact, they did have leaders. Those in the synagogue had leaders, but they were not good leaders. And they were not fulfilling, people were not getting what they needed from their leaders. They weren't getting, they weren't getting health. And, and Jesus actually looked at them and said, hey, sheep is actually bad leaders is like having no leaders. And, 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 he, and the thing that, that, I'm, that I want to emphasize here is that he had compassion on them. When Jesus looks at harassed and helpless people, he doesn't bring judgment on them. He has compassion on them. I want to tell you at this time, friends, so many people are preaching different things and you're hearing all sorts of stuff around the internet and the wrath of God over this time has been this kind of one of these, these messages that come to us. Friends, I want to tell you it's not the wrath of God over us at this time. At this time, it's the compassion of Jesus for people. And he wants to take people to a shepherd. He wants to bring people to the great shepherd. The, the compassion, Jesus right now, his compassion is over the, the whole earth as people are moving through this deeply um, devastating pandemic that we are in. Jesus is deeply moved right now, friends. And uh, are we living compassionate lives? Uh, when we, to live this story, to live this kingdom story, it actually starts in a compassion. It starts in love. And are, are we, are, do we have compassion for people? Do we love people? Do we see people that are harassed and helpless and think, man, they need a shepherd? And you know what? I know a shepherd. His name is Jesus. I can help them. I can help them. I can help them because my life is being held by the same shepherd. And that's why we need training because, friends, what we don't have, we can't give away. And what, we can't, what we're not blessed with, we can't bless others with. And that's why we need to find the peace of God and the love of God and, and be in Jesus and, and be pressing into him at this time so that we can be those conduits, those vessels, those agents of blessing and compassion in this time. When the world is so exceptionally divided on their views, on their science, on their political leaders, at every front, the world is divided, friends, and, and, and categorized. We are not those people. We are people of compassion. Where it doesn't matter if somebody's got a different view to me. I love them. I have compassion on them. And the, the Savior that I have puts a peace in my heart that transcends any difference that we might have in our upbringing, in our race, in our culture, in our political views, 
and our science views and our COVID views and whatever it is, friends, we've got a compassion for people at this time because I believe that is the overwhelming uh, uh, mood of Jesus at this time. He has compassion on those that are harassed and helpless. Harassed and helpless, these are some of the words that I saw in the different translations. Mangled and thrown to the ground was some of them. Confused and helpless, bewildered and helpless, harassed and distressed, distressed and dispirited. These are all words that describe the kind of people that Jesus is having compassion on. And us as the church, as Jesus followers, want to have compassion on. Friends, we want to have compassion on people. Let's live compassionate lives that, that represent this, this beautiful shepherd that we are under. The third thing I want, to, I want to highlight from this text is it says they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were like sheep without a shepherd. This is why the story that we're part of is so key. Because the story that the Bible story is, is that Jesus is king. And because he is king and is all-knowing and all-powerful and has every resource available to him, whether it be emotional, mental, physical, financial, whatever, he, all resources available to him, and he is a compassionate God, we have an ability to, to lift ourselves above the circumstances or to, to walk through the circumstances and be a help to others. Friends, we, we are not like those without a shepherd. And I want to encourage you, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, the, the, the part that I believe yet you're missing from your life is you're missing a shepherd. A shepherd that leads you gently. A shepherd that's not going to whip you. He's going to draw you. You're going to learn his voice. You're going to understand his heart. And he will draw you and compel you by love to follow him. And he will look after you. He'll take you to green pastures and he'll, and he'll take you to quiet waters. He'll put a peace in your heart like you've never, see, never had before. You'll have a reassurance of, of, of kind of a security, a, a sense of peace, a, a sense the Bible talks about shalom, which is not just the absence of war, but, but the sense of, of well-being. And in the midst of whatever you're going through, you'll still have this joy, this, this sense of hope. And I want to say to you this morning, if you, are, if you haven't got a shepherd, or if you were somebody that used to follow Jesus, but you wandered from the shepherd, I want to tell you the shepherd hasn't wandered from you. His compassion is towards you. His voice is drawing you. Learn his voice, heed his voice, and come back to him because his love is upon you. And we would love to help you if you are those kinds of people. Get hold of the church, get hold of our, onto our groups, and we'd love to sit, we'd love to have a coffee with you and explain this more deeply to you and allow you to rebuild your faith or allow to you to engage with this amazing story. It's, the, the story is not about you getting a new mor morality. It's about you making Jesus king, and the fruit of your life will be doing things differently, seeing things differently, living things differently. I don't want to primarily change your behavior. I want to primarily change your king so that your king, the king, can have influence in your life and empower your life so that you can live the life he's called you to do and re-engage the best that God has for you. That's what love is. Jesus and, and the Father in heaven lives for our best, 
right now. That's what love is. And that's what we're called to do with others. The fourth thing I want to talk about in this text is that when Jesus saw the greatness of human need, he, he recognized it as being, it, it, the, 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 the agricultural image he used was like sheep, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he shifts, he shifts the, 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 the imagery, also an agricultural term, but he shifts it to now a, a field that is ready for harvest. So when Jesus sees the greatness of human need, what he does is he sees that as a harvest that is ready and plentiful. And, and friends, I don't think there's ever been a, life, a time in my lifetime, certainly over the last probably few decades before the world wars, and that there hasn't been a moment where the harvest has been as plentiful as it is right now with so many sheep not having a shepherd. Friends, I think as believers, we've got, to, we've got to start looking for the harvest. We've got to make sure that we are, our sheep needs are being met in such a way by the king, by the community, by, the, by, the, by the, the, the power and the love of the Holy Spirit upon us so that we can see a harvest. If we're only seeing our sheep needs, we've got to start connecting back to God. Because I believe the thing that God wants us to do right now is to see a harvest. He wants us to see a harvest that's not only ready, but it's plentiful. And uh, there is an incredibly, um, incredible amount of people right now that are panicking, that are distressed, that are dispirited. But friends, does that go, are we in that place? If we are harassed and helpless, we'll never see a, help, a, a, a harvest. I want to encourage us. I want to encourage us to press into God so that we can start to see the harvest. There is a harvest upon us. There is compassion. There is, have we, are we in panic or are we seeing a harvest? Are we seeing an opportunity for the kingdom of God by the love of God, by the compassion of God and his people to go to minister to those around us and bring hope and bring life? We don't bring more division. division. We bring love and unity. We bring love and understanding. We bring love and the king. And we help people find this king. And we point people to this king. Friends, that's our job over this time. Is we've got to be good shepherds and we've got to be good harvesters. This is one of the greatest opportunities we've had. Man, the harvesters over us, friends. If the church could look outward and see the harvest and begin to harvest and begin to be there. Man, that's, you know, the harvest, to be a good harvester, it's not, it's, it's, which is my fifth point. He goes on to say, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out harvesters. It's an amazing thing. One of the first jobs of a harvester is to ask for more harvesters. He says this to his disciples. Who are going to be the harvesters? He says to them, disciples, ask the Lord of the harvest. Man, that ask the Lord of the harvest, that, that little phrase is so packed with theological intent and it's so packed with missional intent, it's frightening. First of all, you know, it's ask, the, ask, pray. Friends, I want to say to you at this time, one of the best ways to get outside of you 
or one of the ways that you can discipline yourself, train yourself, help yourself, is to get into corporate prayer that are praying for those that are outside of us. It's like, ask the Lord, pray. This is, no, this is a season of prayer and worship. But prayer, friends, I want to ask you at this time, I want to exhort you at this time, get involved with prayer at some form or measure. Get involved with prayer. Whether, and for us, we've got Albert Latuli opportunities. We've got Thursday night corporate opportunities, kind of togetherness, community opportunities. Friends, get involved with prayer. Get involved with prayer. It's, one, it's ask the Lord of the harvest. Ask him. And one of the things we do in prayer is ask. We say thank you and we say please. It's exactly the same things that we ask to teach our kids. Say thank you and say please. We, 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 we ask God for, for, we petition him and we ask God for things and we say thank you to him. Those two things, friends, unlock a world of the shepherd's heart in our hearts. Ask the Lord of the prayer, the harvest. And it's the Lord of the harvest. The Lord there means he owns the harvest. It's his harvest. It says, in fact, it says there to send out workers into his harvest field. So whatever compassion we have at this time for people, we know that the compassion that Jesus has for them is greater. They are his field. It's his field that he's readied. He planted it. He watered it. All he wants is harvesters. We've actually got the easy job. He's done the, hard, the heavy lifting. He's done the hard work. He's prepared it. All we need to do is be there to do our part. And this is what he says to them. Ask the Lord of the harvester, harvesters. Half the, ask the Lord of the harvest to send harvesters. He needs labor, friends. That's why I started with this, this kingdom story. is a story that we participate in. Unless we see that this, this kingdom story needs our participation, we think harvesting is for somebody else. It's for every single person that sees themselves as a sheep, that sees them part of God's story, becomes a harvester. Whether you are one hour in Christ, you've only known him for one hour, or you're a decade in Christ, you are a harvester. And it's his power and it's his people. He's way ahead of us in this, friends. He's gone ahead of us to prepare. And all we've got to do is to come and bring the harvest in. And he says, ask them, pray for God to raise up harvesters. That's one of my prayers over this time. Lord, raise up harvesters. Raise up a people that know that they're priests under God, that they carry kingly authority to rule and reign and to bring the kingdom of God through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, through our lives, into this world that is so needing our hearts. Friends, it's quite amazing, the harassed and helpless. It's not just evangelism. Harvesting is not just evangelism. Harvesting to me is being there to fulfill the need that needs to be filled. That's why before this, you see Jesus healing, casting out demons, and right after chapter 10 of this, you see there's a whole lot of instructions he sends to those, he gives to those that are sending out. It's instructive to the harvesters. This is what I want you to do. Remember this for one, for example. Remember you're going out like wolves. You're going like sheep amongst wolves. Be careful how you do this. It's not going to be easy. Be careful. And, and so those are one of the instructions you see in chapter 10. But, but what we've got here, friends, not just evangelism, it's not just, it's being there. It's being present. When somebody loses somebody, are we present? Are we, are we as present as we can be in the midst of COVID? 
Do they feel? Do they feel our love? Do they feel our support? It's, it's, it's harvesting in so many ways, bringing the kingdom, not just the king, the, not just introducing people to the king, a massive part of it, but, but being there. How are, we love, how are we doing this? We do that with our money. We do that with our presence. We do that with our, with our, with our generosity, with our kindness, with a word in season. It's, it's all of this. This is part of the harvest um, that God is sending us to do. And you know where the power of this prayer is? Is when we're actually doing it. I think this prayer is not kind of somebody that are disengaged from the harvest. That, that kind of is watching the harvesters and saying, Lord, please bring the harvesters. Kind of bring them in. I think it's somebody that's on the harvest field that realizes there's such a massive harvest. That realizes this job is way too big for me. Actually, I need help. Lord, please send the harvesters. I think that's part of this prayer is when we're engaged in the harvest and we see the enormity of the job and, we need, and, we, and the compassion starts to well in, up, in us and the, and the love starts to ooze out of us, man, one of the first things we say, Lord, we need help. Lord, we need help to bring this harvest and please raise up a church that is loving, that is compassionate, that is prepared to get their hands dirty, that is prepared to do what they call to do, not for my sake, but for the sake of the harvest. For the sake of your harvest, that your name would come to bear, that your name and your power and your healing and your love would come into these hearts. It's incredible, friends. The promise of God is not for a lack of harvest. The promise of God is for the power of his Holy Spirit to be there when we're in the midst of the harvest. Pentecost came so that we would be good harvesters. That we would be those that could minister to those around us. Friends, and I end with this. This time requires the church to have a compassionate heart. Not a judgmental heart. This time, friends, requires the church to be in love. To be compelled by love. We've got to ask God to give us a shepherd's heart. We've got to ask God to give us a shepherd's heart. Lord, help me to see sheep without a sheep, a shepherd. Lord, help me to see with your eyes. That's what Jesus sees now. This season of the church, friends, is for shepherding. Shepherding sheep. Comforting them. Strengthening them. Guiding them. Feeding them. Healing them. And bringing lost sheep back to the shepherd. This season that we're in, friends, this, in fact, I think 2021 is going to be a season of shepherding and harvesting. We're talking about this as an eldership team. Shepherding and harvesting, taking care of people and bringing in the lost and being there, being a missional people. There's all these buzzwords, a missional church and missional groups. Missional means bringing in a harvest in all its kinds and forms and bringing that in. Compassion and shepherding. And harvesting, living out the kingdom story for our own lives, for our own families, bringing strength, drawing strength down from the Father, allowing Him to be the King, knowing that He is superior, His name is above every other name, His name is a beautiful name. And when we worship that name, we get something, friends. It's not, a, it's not an intellectual thing, it's a spiritual thing. It's something supernatural, it's something beyond what we can describe. That is why we can have peace beyond our understanding. 
It says in Philippians, beyond what we can experience, beyond our understanding, God gives us a peace because we're connected to the shepherds and we're starting to do his will and play the part that he's called us to do as shepherds and harvesters. I trust, friends, I trust, friends, that at this time we're getting beyond ourselves. The last thing the world needs is an inward-looking church. The last thing the world needs is a weak church that is depending on their own strength. The last thing that the world needs is an unloving church, a compassionate church. Actually, we are called at this time to be shepherds and harvesters, expressing the love of God in such powerful ways, in all its forms, in all parts of life, 24-7. Don't wait for somebody to tell you to be compassionate or give you, be compassionate. Don't wait for somebody to tell you how to shepherd. Just start to shepherd. He'll teach you more. Don't tell some, wait for somebody to tell you how to be a harvester. Ask God and let him show you. Let this be a real live and active relationship that we have with him that's empowering us into more. I bless you. Thank you. Be pray, be, just keep praising him. Participate in prayer. Find him in deep ways. My prayer is that. My prayer, Lord, is that you would send out the harvesters in Jesus' name. Bless you and have a superb week.